Episode of the Remnant Call. I'm glad to have you here, and um, I'll tell you, it's been a hard week for me specifically. Um, you know, you've seen the uh, attacks out there in the world that's going on, all the hatred for uh, Israel and and uh, for the Jews and and for the people of faith, um, for us as believers in Jesus. Uh, you know, we're the world is hating us right now, and and all not only the attacks there, but I, you know, run an IT company and I. We experienced a company this week had a major attack, and I've been fighting it all week. And um, folks, I'll tell you right now, just a side note, um, if you've got a business, I don't care. We've, we've been going back the old paths for our customers. We've reverted back. Yes, there's cloud backups. We have other internal NASs, but we're, we're doing those old-fashioned unpluggable drives again because you can't encrypt something that's, that's not plugged in. And boy, what a metaphor for this world. We need to de-attach uh, ourselves. We need to unplug for this world um, because the ransomwares are so intense right now. They are so intense. And when one gets a hold of you, it wrecks your company. You got to restore from backup. And uh, we were reading a thing, uh, sent me an article today. 50% of companies are paying the ransoms uh, out there because they don't have the backup uh, methods that they need. And uh, it happens. And, you know, you can pay the ransom, but there's still that feeling of guilt. I can't believe. I wish I'd have been more prepared. I wish I would have done something, you know, different. And and you know, the, it always exposes your vulnerabilities. And so it happened with that gas pipeline. You know, I'm sure they probably had good, uh, um, they had good security. You know, there's a lot of people, Sony, Equifax, uh, hospital systems all over. They've been hit with these and crippled. And it's not that they had bad security on their system. It's just that you know people click on the wrong things. You over, you know, you're trying to watch a million different systems, and 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 a hole pops up here and there. And all these people, they're like little demons out there trying to find that crack in armor so that they can get through and folks it just it reminds me this week i just praying and i just felt this overwhelming burden on my soul this week that i need to really intensify my walk with the lord because this is such a dangerous time that we are living in and and speaking of ransomwares i mean the bible is so specific when the Lord said in Matthew twenty twenty eight, listen to this, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus paid his life as a ransom for many. Uh, as a matter of fact, actually, it's 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 even more than just many. Listen to what it says. For there, in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus gave himself a ransom for everybody. 
Now, in ransomware attacks, they what they do is they come in and they, for those that don't understand it, they come in and they encrypt your data and, and they have a key. A lot of them have servers out there that have the encryption keys on them. They make contact and they use that encryption key to encrypt your data. And it is a very long uh, encryption key that's very difficult to crack. Some of them are un, really uncrackable. And the only way that you can get your data back, unless you can restore from backups, which hopefully you can, is you have to get the key code in order, the decrypting device, which has the ransom key on there that can decrypt your data. And so it's the same way when you are messed up in in this world and everything's going on wrong, the only way that you can decrypt is you got to get back into the ultimate place where the ransom was first paid, and that's the Bible, and begin to decrypt yourself from the cares of Babylon and what's in this world. And I wanted to just spend a few minutes, folks, here talking about the way that the Lord ransomed his life for me. Now I grew up in a in a tough uh, uh you know a good family but a tough atmosphere because my parents I even though I thought I had things were great when I was little I didn't understand what was going on behind the scenes you know, my, my father was living a, a terrible lifestyle at the time and, and, and running around on my own mother and, and I was going with him. And, 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 and so my life started out wrong. Now, thank God he was here. My dad got converted. We all make mistakes. Praise God. He got his life turned around. But that was the start of my life as a little kid. And it wasn't just my father. It was things on my mother's side that was happening too. And, and it really messed my brain up. Uh, and, and I, I began to have thoughts that weren't holy. And, and from a very young age, and I began to be involved with women in a way that's uh, only to be saved from marriage from a, a young kid. And this was horrible stuff. And I was a disaster in life. And this continued on for many years until I got worse and worse. And, and if you've never heard my testimony, it's, it's a long story, but I, I decided to join the Marines and try to get myself straightened out. And I did good for a while until I got in the Marines and out in the fleet and realized I was just around thousands of people that had the same stories that I had. And they were encouraging my bad behavior, and I loved it, and I and I enjoyed it, and I got worse and worse, and got myself worse into drugs and fighting more and more, and just out of control until my life was a disaster in life. And 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 I and I always kind of had it in the back of my mind because I was you know raised to believe in God, but I didn't I didn't really care about God, so I always just thought you know what I'll just get my life uh, right later. And, you know, as I've talked before, if you've listened to me from years, you know, the other year I had to bury one of my best friends growing up from pills and alcohol and OD. And, and several other people, they're not here anymore, right? Because they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't take a good path. And when we were at the, the funeral uh, from one of my buddies there that I buried the other year, I, I couldn't believe the state of some of my friends that couldn't even walk right. I mean, it was horrible. I'm only, you know, 47 years old, and, and seeing some of these people that— what drugs had taken, and you, you just want them to know that Jesus can change their life, but all they can see is how they can get that next fix, which is so temporary and everything. And this week's just reminding me of these things that are going on here in this world and how disastrous it is. And so this continues on in my life in the Marines. And, and finally, I decide, you know what? I'm, I got married to my wife, and, 
and uh, we got moved her back here, and, and I'm shortening up, folks. I'll redo my testimony again one day. I haven't done it, I think, since 2016 or so, but I, I'm going to redo it and, and tell the whole story because it's unbelievable what happened. But but I moved back here, and, and my wife, she it was from a nice area in Huntington Beach, and I was from rural Virginia with nothing but a bunch of rednecks for friends, and we all just had terrible tempers, and I, and, and I had a b- terrible temper with men, but I was not with women because my mother raised me not to hit women, and I didn't believe in doing that, and I, I didn't do that. But with men, I was an angry person. And and, and I, I guess because my father was young and, and got divorced from my mother when I was a young kid, I wanted to always fight and prove how tough I was, you know, so that I guess to compensate for him being gone. And even though I had a great stepdad who tra- taught me how to really be a man also, I just I needed to try to prove, but it, it didn't help me in solving the problem that I'm, I've got out of the Marine Corps. I'm 20 uh, four years old. I'm a, I'm a disaster in life. I just moved my wife from nice Huntington Beach, where she was from in California, out to Redneck. You know, so, you know, for her it must have been hitting deliverance. You know, out here, and here I am. I'm just a mess every day, getting high, snorting meth, abusing pills, running around on my wife, having affairs, fight everything you could imagine wrong. I was doing day after day, and and I thought, well, I'll just get right with the Lord later in life. But for so many of my friends, later never happened. And I remember it was 1999, it was January, and my little girl, the first daughter, was born. And uh, she was there, and I would, I was, I remember in the hospital that day, we were having her, and, and, and I would have to keep constantly going out of the room, in and out, so I could stay high. I, I couldn't be without a buzz. I had to be high all the time. And and we, we had the, had her, and, and she was beautiful, and, and I didn't know that my wife had already called her brother. She was done. She, she was going to be leaving me, but they had put her on emergency bed rest because right before she'd had the baby, she had went to California because her mom's cancer had came back, and and she had to watch it seven months pregnant, her mother die a terrible death. And the sad thing was, she tried to find me. And you know what? I was out too busy doing my own thing, doing whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't even care that her mother was dying. Is All I cared about was me. I would do anything to take that one back. And so she I didn't know she wanted to leave me. We just had a baby, but she had to be put on emergency bed rest before the birth and she wasn't recovered yet after the birth and and so she's like, "You know what? I'm just going to wait this out and then I'm gone and I'm out of there." And and here I am. This was the end of January the 27th she was born and then about the beginning about 4 or 5 weeks later, um I decided, "You know what? I need to take my little girl to church because I knew that even though I was a disaster in life and I wasn't living right and I was such a mess that I knew that in my heart that I needed to take my little girl to know about Jesus. And, and, and I did. I took her to church and and I I was, uh, you know, getting high afterwards. I was probably driving with my little baby daughter high. I was a horrible father. and 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 But I was taking her to church and... And um, I remember that this guy asked me, he said, hey, can you, 
come down and help us load up some supplies for people that were hurt. I mean, it was Honduras by a hurricane. And, and I said, yeah, I'll come help you. And so I was helping him that day. And his name was Jim. His name is Jim. He's still alive. And um, we, I was talking to Jim. And, and on the way home, we started talking about God. And I said, listen, Jim, I'm going to tell you right now, I know enough to know this that a man can't live the way that I'm living and expect to be justified. And I remember Jim was telling me about this guy that he had met in Honduras, or he was somewhere on a mission trip, and his name was Benjamin Baruch. And that was back in, uh, he, I guess maybe he had met him around 1998. This was the beginning of 1999, and, and, and we're getting close into March now. And he, and he said to me, he handed me this book. It's called The Day of the Lord is at Hand. He said, you need to read this book. And I'm thinking, hey, I don't even like to read at all. I barely made it out of high school. I don't want to read. So I, I took this book and... I started opening it up and I began to read a little bit because I was desperate for something. I mean, I'd been trying to quit drugs for so many years. I was such a mess. I was high every single day of my life, nonstop. I abused so many different types of drugs and alcohol. I was out of control. And and all day long, I would get too sped up from too much. I'd have to smoke so much dope to try to come down. And I'd be too sped up and I'd have to come down and, and back and forth all day long. I would try to do this balancing act. And and it was just a disaster. And and I remember he handed me that book. I started reading it, and I was like, man, it's, I don't read very well. So I mean, I could read, but I didn't read much. And I started reading, and, and next thing you know, I couldn't, I couldn't put this book down. I couldn't stop reading this book, and I was reading. It was all about the end times and the Lord and all these things about it, and I couldn't put it down. And it was like 300 and some pages, and you know the book if you've read it before. And I and as I read this book, something began to change in me. And I remember I was over at some friend of mine smoking some weed and everything like that. And I was like, hey, man, I've been reading this stuff. And they're like, whatever. You know, nobody wants to hear about it. But I can't stop. I started talking about it. I can't stop. And I remember I'm, I'm coming home late. I came home late every day because I was always out trying to score some more drugs. And I was coming home. But this time I'm up on the side of the hill uh, on this pull-off. And I'm reading this book. I'm getting high as a kite. But I'm reading this book and right and 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 it begins to convict me and I begin to see the times that we're living in times that I'd already known about as a kid I've been told uh, my father after he was converted my grandparents you know I knew that these times were coming that there it was going to be the last days and and this stuff in the world and all these things and but but all of a sudden it began to be real with me and as I was Reading this book, I remember my sins began to come up in front of my face. And, and it got to the point where I couldn't smoke them. I couldn't snort them away anymore. Now, I would always try to cover up those feelings by just getting higher and higher. But all of a sudden, I couldn't do that. And so one day, I'm coming home from work, and I'm about probably about five, six miles from where I'm at right now. And I'm driving down the road, and I get to this place where this church is. And I'm right there coming up to it. And as I'm coming up to it, I I can't stop this emotional feelings that's going on like that. And I feel like something is about to happen. I'm about to crack. And I had an ego the size of Texas. And I didn't like to f- to cry and people see me. I wanted to always have this tough looking face about me. And I remember I started to crack and started to cry. And I remember as I was reading this book, all of a sudden, it's like out of nowhere, it was like the fog was just blown out of my mind as I was coming up to this church. And, and I was... In 
and, and all of a sudden I could see clearly. And it was like God said to me right there, you are going to die and you are going to end up in hell. And I was in shock. I didn't want to go to hell. I mean, I did. I always thought I could just get right later, but the Lord all of a sudden let me know that, Frank, you're going to die, and this is where you're going to go. And I began to cry uncontrollably as I didn't want to end up in hell. And as I cried and I wept and everything like that, I said, cried with all my heart, and I said, Lord, I will just turn my life over to you if you will take these drugs. And folks, it is at that moment that Jesus offered me another way. And as I began to cry and I screamed and I shout as I'm sitting here today, at that moment I screamed out loud, God came down into my van and I met Jesus for the first time in my life. And I didn't even know how to get saved. All I knew that is I was trapped and the Lord showed me where I was going to end up. And when he gave me another way, I was so desperate to take it. And I remember as I was driving home, I was like, what just took place? What just happened? I don't understand everything, but something just changed in my heart. And I reached down and I grabbed all my drugs and I threw them out the window. And I remember I drove down into my house. I was about a mile and a half from home. I drove into the house. I ran in downstairs. I slung the door open. I told my wife all these things I'd been doing. And I looked at her and I said, are you going to leave me? And I remember my wife, she already knew I was a mess. She was already leaving me. I didn't know she was leaving me, but she was already leaving me. And when I spout out all these things, my wife, she goes into the bathroom and shuts the door. And I remember I was sitting on the couch and I'm sitting there with my, my face in my hands. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I just met Jesus, and now I'm going to lose my entire family. What seemed like an eternity, I don't know how long it was, but a little bit later, my wife came out of the bathroom, and I remember I had been crying, and I stood up, and I said to her, I said, are you going to leave me? And my wife looked back at me, and she says, it's is finished. I'm not going anywhere. And when she was in the bathroom, God worked a second miracle that day, and he put it on my wife's heart that your husband was done with drugs forever. And I remember I got on the phone that day, and I went over and I called my father up, and I said, Dad, Today, I gave my life to Jesus. And I said, Dad, it's like God told me, folks, I didn't know anything about hearing the Lord's voice. I don't know anything. I didn't even know how to get saved. And I said, it's like God told me I have answered your father's prayers. I just knew it. He says, son, we have been getting together with other parents and we have been repenting for the sins that we passed on to our own children. The Bible says, I will pass the sins of the father onto the son into the third and fourth generation of those that hate me. And they had been repenting that God would break the family curse that had been on our family that my grandfather and he and I had all done. Even though neither one had raised the other, we all took the same paths. And in that day, in the March of 1999, God 
set my family free. And he showed me that the ransom that Jesus paid was good enough for everybody. That we were truly bought with a price with his own blood. That he gave his ransom, his self a ransom for all. And folks, I'm telling you, he is in the business of still doing it today. I know the world's a mess right now. This has been a horrible week, full of stress. This has been a major thing we've been involved in. We've been involved in them before, but this one has been massive and with huge implications, but God has been faithful and sustaining through everything. And I'm here to tell you that he's still doing it today. He hasn't given up. And if you can't remember the last time that you had a moment that you knew that God loved you, I want you to know right now he loves you today. And he paid the ultimate price for you. It says he gave himself a ransom for all. That means everybody, anybody who wants to call upon his name can call upon his name. Even Brother Frank messed up on drugs adultery, fornication. I've done every single sin you could pretty much imagine in this world. And God still paid the ransom for me and he can do it for you. Folks, this this world's a disaster right now, but God needs us to know that he's not leaving us nor forsaking us. He's not giving up. This is the time that we've been called for, for such a time as this. The Lord is calling us back to the old ways, to the good way, and that we would walk in those paths, and we will find rest for our souls. Jeremiah 6.16, God's calling us back to that old way. And I don't know what it is that's holding you back right now. I don't care what it is, because if you're willing to lay it on the altar, If you're willing to lay it down to Jesus, just as I did in 1999, I didn't even know how to get saved. I didn't know anything about a sinner's prayer. I didn't know any of that. All I knew is that I was desperate and I cried out to Jesus with all of my heart. And I told him I would surrender my life to him. I just needed his help. And when I cried, he came. He came, and he's still coming for us now. This is your time. Call upon his name. He's faithful, and he's just, and he's a loving, good God. Watch him pour out his mercy. I know he is still in the business of saving lives. I'm proof, and so are you. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion.